From Studio 102 in the BBG Annex, not the Alamo, but the Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast of the team at BioBridge Global. We're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm David King, this week's host with the Nasal East Texas Twain, and with us is Dr. Samantha Gomez Yamzantik. Did I get that right? You did. Well, good. Great job. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Well, welcome over here, Dr. G. You know, we I sent you to the wrong place twice, so so we're now in the right place and we're getting it done. At least I got my steps in. You got your steps in. Well, we got our steps in too because somebody else was using the golf cart this morning. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we uh, you know we've noticed that you've sort of become a face of our social media. And, and, you know, and, and you're one of those people around here who I love who can take a very complicated topic and explain it to people. Is that sort of how you wound up doing that? Honestly, it takes a lot of work, I think, from Ashley and Roger. <laughs> I don't do any of this stuff on my own. Um, I really take a lot of cues from Ashley to really break things down or say things a certain way, you know. So it's definitely a team effort to make me look good on social media so i can't take really any credit <laughs> but we will say that that you know once you once you've been coached it sounds good and it looks good that's all that matters <laughs> yes <laughs> the results are all all that matter correct really. so um I, you know you and i have visited before we've had some stories in the magazine and, and I, I just love your sort of your your history of how of how you wound up going to med school of how you wound up here. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so um, I my parents are both nurses, right? I think that's kind of what pushed me into medicine and I've always really enjoyed medicine. I think when I went to college at Texas Tech, I kind of, uh, <laughs> my third year of college, I'm like, you know what, no way, I'm not doing this. I wanna be an anthropologist, right? That was my dream, right? And then I realized there's not really much opportunities out there for having a decent job other than teaching. So I decided, you know, let's do med school. I mean, you have a lot of options when you're a physician. And yeah, I went and attended medical school here in San Antonio, and it was a really fantastic experience. And from, and from med school, where did you go? So after med school, you do residency. And I decided I wanted to be a pathologist. Honestly, um, it's a funny story because I went in thinking when I went to med school, I would be a psychiatrist, you know, one of those fancy Beverly Hills psychiatrists, you know, with the nice, like, modern offices and, you know, that type of thing. And I thought I had the face for psychiatry, right? And (laughs) then I was like, eh, patients, you know, not so much. So I... um, (laughs) By process of elimination, I went with pathology. We also had a dean at the time at our third year of medical school who was a pathologist, and she said pathology is something you should really consider. And so I decided on pathology, and I attended University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston for anatomic and clinical pathology, thinking I was going to be a forensic pathologist. I would be doing autopsies day in. <laughs> And day out. That's it's a great how I have all these intentions and then something completely different. <laughs> something, something completely different works out. You, yes. you know, that's a very quiet job, right? It is a quiet job, yes. And it's dark and it's usually cold, you know, and the autopsy is sweet. So this is a little bit different. 
So, so what, what veered you off of that path? I had a really great mentor in residency, Barbara Bryant, who's in this incredible physician, blood banker. And she got me really excited about blood banking. And I really fell in love with it. It was my first year of med- uh, residency. And I just thought this is a really cool profession. I get to mingle with patients because I kind of miss the patients, right? And then you get to mingle with donors and then you get to consult a lot with other physicians. It's like the perfect position for me, right? Because also you can kind of choose how much you want to interact with patients, donors, or other physicians. So I've been happy it was the right choice. So, t- so tell, us, tell us about Stanford. Oh, so um, once I decided on blood banking, transfusion medicine as my resident in residency, I was looking for a fellowship and I was able to get into the Stanford program, which was really incredible. I had a really great mentor there, multiple mentors. And yeah, it was a really great opportunity. I met some really great people and I learned a lot. And then after my fellowship, I was able to get a position here at BioBridge Global. So it's been, yeah. It's been a nice overall story. It's I been think, it's been right? a nice it's been a nice career arc yeah, there. Arc. I think so. How, how did you wind up here? I applied for a position here, so I came out of fellowship, and there really weren't a lot of positions the year I came out, right? And so I remember it was me and a few other people, and we could just not find anything, and we went to go live with my in-laws in Long Beach. Not a terrible place to be at, right? And we hung out there for three months. And I applied actually for the Qualtech's position in Norcross is what I initially applied for. And I was talking to, I think it was Dr. B and Dirk Johnson, who was a COO at the time. And then they were telling me about the position here in San Antonio. And I thought, oh my God, that's crazy. Like I went to med school there. And so I applied and then I got it. So it was a really, it's a roller coaster. It was fast, right? But I thought for a while, I was like, I'm not going to have a job for like a year. I'll just like beach bum and (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't too bad. So so basically you were, you were, you were stuck at the top of the roller coaster. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So, so tell us a little bit about your relationship with Dr. Bedard. So she is really fantastic. I don't just say that because she's my boss. I have learned so much from her, right? Um, The medicine part, right? Because what I do here is not what I was doing in residency or in fellowship, right? And also just learning to communicate with people. And she's also my moral compass, right? So whenever I'm iffy about something, I go to Dr. B and she just, we talk about it, right? No judgment. She's just a really great mentor. It sounds like you've had some good mentors through the years. That really makes a difference, doesn't it? It does. I think I've been really lucky to have people that believe in me. And I think that's what's taken me from, you know, I grew up in Alpine, right? Small town. <laughs> so to get here, it's, it takes, you know, people helping push you up. And I had really, I have really great parents who've been incredibly supportive and always there for me. And then I've had really great mentors after. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, so tell us a little bit about what your day is like around here. So it varies from day to day. So I can get calls about inventory, donor reactions, donor eligibility. I have meetings, sometimes a podcast. 
<laughs> At least once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes just running around trying to find your room, apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just really varies. And then I'm on, we take call a month at a time. And so I start call Monday. And so then that will be different, right? Just really depends. And I like that. That sounds really chaotic, but I really like the chaos. You manage the chaos. I manage the chaos. I thrive in the chaos. You thrive in it. Exactly, exactly. So, so tell us a little bit about what you do when you're not managing the chaos. Oh, I sleep and binge watch a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's, your latest, what's your latest binge? Oh, my latest binge? I've been watching New Amsterdam on Netflix. That's like a hospital show. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Just kind of re-watching things I've already watched. Like, I've watched Modern Family like three times all the way through. I love that show. It is so ridiculous. But it's so easy to watch. And it always has a nice, like, family's the best at the end, which is really great. Yeah, there are, there are no screaming, hair-pulling fights on that show. No, never. Never. <laughs> never. Well, listen, we really appreciate you coming by. It's always, it's always nice to visit with you. Great. We just don't get to visit with you enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Executive producers of the Hearts of Our podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. Producers, Heather Hughes. Our director today was Amanda Lozano. With technical assistance from Matt Flores every time we do this because he knows how to run the software and soundboard. The Hearts of Fire logo is designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you have an idea for Hearts of Fire, if you'd like to be on Hearts of Fire, if you'd like to visit with Dr. G and not have me around, that would be great too. You can email us at heartsoffire at And thanks for listening. <laughs>